Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello, I'm Claire Venice. And I'm Geoff Lacey. We're back from our holes. And feeling a little old in this week's Peapod. If you love Petersfield... I love the square. The hangers. The open-air swimming pool. Lots of fun shops. Then the Peapod loves you. It's just a nice town. Everything Petersfield is in the Peapod with Claire Venice and Geoff Lacey. Welcome back to the Peapod. We hope you've had a great summer. Claire and I are back with a new series of Peapods from various locations in the Petersphere. This week we're at the Festival Hall for the Antiques Fair, which is celebrating its 50th anniversary. We'll meet organiser Caroline Penman as well as some of the dealers here, all with a variety of antiques for sale. John Walker brings your latest Petersphere news and Susie's Wild Walk comes from the recent Petersfield Walking Festival. We end the Peapod with a new song from 14-year-old local artist Ellie Pettinati and her song, It's Right. The P stands for Petersfield. Petersfield is special to me. The Peapod. Hello, Claire. How are you? Hi, Geoff. I'm really good, thanks. How are you? I'm very well, very well. Now, we're at the Petersfield Antiques Fair and I just feel that I have to speak quietly. Well, we're both on our best behaviour, I think, <laughs> yes. which is why we're a little bit subdued. We possibly. are. Possibly. First day back. First day back nerves. <laughs> After five weeks. A little bit rusty, actually, setting up the equipment, Josh. Yes. And, uh, but you did well. Setting up the equipment. Setting up the equipment and getting your first words out. Thank you, so Josh. well done. <laughs> you not so. Because <laughs> <No. laughs> you hurt yourself, didn't I did. you? I did. We won't go into that. <laughs> so, Claire, yeah, we're surrounded by antiques. And not just you. Funny, funny, funny you should say that. <laughs> Being at the Antiques Fair, Geoff, do you feel like you're at home here? Well, I'm at the Festival Hall, so yes, I'm yes. at home. Well, actually, we had a little look around before we started recording, and it's transformed this place. There are some dealers actually on the stage, and we walked up the stage, didn't we? Yes, and I burst into song. <laughs> Very different atmosphere, um, but amazing to see so many different dealers here. It is amazing. As I say, I've never been to... I don't think I've ever been to an antiques fair, actually. No, I haven't. Really looking forward to catching up with Caroline and various dealers later in the show. So, Claire, how was your summer? It was really lovely. Thank you very much. What did you get up to? We went away on a holiday. We went to France. Haven't been to France since 2019. Right. So, really looking forward to going back there, and it was fab. We went a very, very hot week that was hot here, but also extremely hot yes. in France. Um, but of course, when you're on holiday, it doesn't bother you quite so much, does it? So we had a lovely time. Nice, did nice. Did to Suffolk and, and just chilling, really. How about you? Yeah, so I had the first two weeks off in August. We stayed at home. And actually, we, we did go to Swanage for the day. But it was actually, that second week was too hot to do anything. And you could walk five yards and I'd be drowning in sweat. Mm. And that's an image for everyone. <laughs> thanks for sharing. <laughs> yeah, thanks for But it was, it was lovely just to have a break. And now back in the swing of things of work, uh, rehearsals for Oliver Twist. Had to break the news to the, the, the family this week that I wouldn't be having a shave or a haircut till the middle of October. Starting from now? Starting from now. Okay, I'm glad you've warned me too. Yes. I might not recognise you. I might not recognise because I've got to grow some sideies. Brilliant. Some proper whiskers. Well, Joff, I'm really looking forward to seeing you with sideburns on. That's going to be amazing. Have you ever, have you ever grown sideburns no, before? No, because I've, I've, I've tried to grow my hair before. I think I've said... And I ended up just having a perm. <laughs> but I don't think I've got long enough to do that this time. Uh, so, yeah. Nice curly, bushy sideburns then. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope so. Now, Claire, 
This is the first of a new series. What have we got lined up in the next few weeks or so? Yeah, we're packed, actually. Uh, you know, there's always something going on mm. in, in the Petersphere. And so we're packed for September, already booking for October, November. If you'd like us to do a Peapod, get in touch with us soon because we are booking up quickly, actually. So we have got the open air pool. They're celebrating their 60th anniversary next week. Before you go any further, Claire, if anyone's listening and was around when the pool opened 60 years ago, please do get in touch and we'd love to have you along next Saturday. Yeah, good point actually, Geoff. Well well mentioned. There's a lot of events going on there, a lot of activities going on So, and, and we're part of it, but it'd be wonderful to try and catch some um, some stories from back. And then we've got a double header next weekend because next Sunday, where are we? We're at the Hampshire Country Sports Show. At the Barely Estate in East Mead. We are. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to it. So if you'd like to come along, be interviewed, say hello to us. We're going to be there from 10 o'clock again. Yeah. So lots going on, lots going on. It's good to be back. It's nice to see you, Geoff. And you, Claire. (laughs) So we'd love to hear from you. If you have a story you'd like us to cover or would just like to say hi, please get in touch. You can call us or WhatsApp us on 01730555500 or you can email team at shineradio.uk. Coming up, we meet Caroline Penman from Penman Fairs and Claire and I will be doing our best Fiona Bruce and David Dickinson as we roam around meeting some of the dealers. But first, here's Geoff and John Walker with a roundup of the latest news in the Petersphere. Hello, John. How are you? Very well, mate. Sat outside in the sunshine outside a pub in Petersfield. Other pubs are available. Enjoying a, a pint of German lager. Other lagers are available. <laughs> so, John, it's been a busy week since we last met at the festivities. How's life treating you? Not too bad. I'm off to Lanzarote on Wednesday, and as far as I'm concerned, the country can run itself into the ground. I'm going to be on the beach. John, what's caught your eye over the last seven days? Well, I think the uh, impact that members of the travelling community have had on the town has been uh, two weekends on the trot now. Yeah, I think we're we're having our eyes opened, perhaps, to uh, how these people live their lives. There was obviously... um, they moved on to the playing field at Paddock Way uh, last weekend and um, while they were there, the uh, play area was torched, causing £20,000 worth of damage. The police, who had been there earlier when they first moved on, apparently, according to Petersfield Town Council, didn't uh, attend the fire and as far as I'm aware, after speaking to the police, nobody's been arrested for it. So, of course, we can't say that it was the people who'd pulled onto the site with their caravans who caused the fire but it's a coincidence that they were there when this happened unfortunate one perhaps but uh, that that got the people in uh, around paddock way quite upset because regardless of the fire people in caravans or with caravans it's not it's not a caravan park and the gate was opened without the council's permission Again, we've got to be very careful what we say here, Joff. It was opened without the council's permission and um, they took their caravans onto the land. After they'd left, there were bags of rubbish and um, human waste on the site. Again, there's no evidence that it was them. Then this weekend, there were, I think it was about 12 or 14 um, camper vans parked in the Waitrose car park and... uh, after they arrived on the Thursday, on the Friday, sorry, Waitrose shut, citing disturbances in the town. Weatherspoons, the Red Lion, shut. Uh, they said it was due to a technical incident. 
but the uh, inside of the pub apparently had been left in a pretty bad state. There was incidences of shoplifting in ta- shops in the town, such as um, Boots and Marks and Spencers. And uh, oh, and the one stop, one stop, uh, the Tesco Express up at the station closed again, citing disturbances in the town. Uh, so that's two shops closed, one pub closed, numerous incidents of shoplifting. It seems that in this particular instance, for whatever reason, the police were reasonably proactive. There was a lot of them. Uh, I counted five police cars down in Waitrose car park on the Saturday and there was on the Sunday morning, that's this morning I suppose, there was police vans down there and quite a few police officers uh, looking around the uh, mobile homes, some of which had disappeared. Uh, East Hampshire District Council Deputy Leader Julie Butler was there on Saturday with a, another councillor. So it's, uh, it's an issue, it's something that needs to be addressed because there are topics that are always mentioned about people, members of the travelling community. I don't know. There seems to be needs to be better provision made for these people who like to travel around the country in their camper vans. Uh, perhaps there needs to be more interaction, more conversation with them about what they would actually like and what society can actually provide for them. And what else is going to be in the Peters of Post this week? Well, the, uh, the flower show season is coming to a close. That's been very successful this year, despite the um, weather which affected fruit and veg, you know, in allotments and gardens and, um, and the flowers, obviously. Yeah, I must say, John, my uh, run of beans have been awful this year. I thought it was me. It's actually been a bad harvest all round. Yeah, and again, that, that spreads out wider. I was walking through the fields up at the causeway the other day, and they had uh, some form of wheat or corn growing there, and it was half the size that it should be. And the uh, kernels were just dropping off the stalk. Clearly, they weren't fit for human consumption. And as it turned out, they just combined the whole lot, and I'm guessing they're going to use it for animal feed now. So, yes, it's been an odd summer for, for growing things, but uh, it appears that the flower, the uh, Horticultural Society shows have been very successful this year. Harting, Bereton, Eastmere, Froxfield, Steep. You know, they've all been very, very good this year. And John, as I think back to August and the walking festival, you had a walk. How did it go? Well, again, I, I think it's, it's an incredible thing that this walking festival, 40-plus walks, 28 leaders, 700 people taking part in the walks I mean it's got to be a success isn't it got to be and there was a whole range of walks there were even people in mobility scooters going up through Queen Elizabeth Country Park which is fantastic my personal walk was a a very short one from the square to the Harrow (laughs) that's a stroll well it depends we had a very seven or eight people turned up for it and we had a great time it was, uh, I do think that a small group like that, and I'm not, I'd have to say this because I can't say it was only small because I'm unpopular, <laughs> but uh, a small group like that, it gives you time to chat and uh, I learnt things and about you know Dark Hollow and Harrow Lane and so on and so forth and the beers of the Harrow. 
I learned a bit about that. So, so I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think the people who came on that walk thoroughly enjoyed it too. But overall, it looks like it's been a huge success for the town. It really does. And all power to Malinka van der Gaal, who organised it. I think she's done an outstanding job. That's a great way to finish, John. You have a lovely couple of weeks away and I look forward to seeing you at the end of September. Yeah, well, I suppose technically, Geoff, I'm becoming a member of the travelling community. <laughs> so look out, Lanzarote, is all I can say. Take care, mate. Cheers, bye. The Peaceful Post is out every Wednesday and now costs a round pound, worth every single penny. So do pick one up with your weekly shop or subscribe to the digital version. Today, with 36 stands of genuine antiques and fine art, the Petersfield Antiques Fair was established in 1972 and has since become a place to find good quality antiques and fine art. And the fair is celebrating its 50th anniversary this weekend. With a wide variety of antiques for sale, the fair has something for everyone and we're delighted to welcome antique fair organiser Caroline Penman to the Peapod. Hello, Caroline, how are you? Hello. Good to see you all. Thank you very much for having us. Now, the 50th anniversary, how long have you been involved? Well, I've been involved since just before the new century. Um, I think it was 1997 I took over. And um, we've been trying to make it better and bigger ever since. So did you have a break for COVID? Oh, yes. Didn't everyone? Yes. Two years. Right, so this is the first one in two years, is it? No, it's the second. Oh, We've right, okay. had our first one in, since COVID on, in March. And how was that? It was really exciting. Surprising how many people just came rushing in and, oh, so glad you're back. That's We're really habit good. formed. Oh, that's really good to hear. So since you've taken over the reins, Caroline, how has the Antiques Fair here built and grown? Well... It was always a mixture of, of quite decorative but, but lesser things and some better things. And we've been getting better and better. So we're now up with the, the London fairs, really. And do you have dealers coming to you? They come to me. Right. It's just a case of getting the right mix of, of the people together so that there's a balance of jewellery versus silver versus furniture whatever how long have you been involved with antiques oh god i don't know <laughs> um 1960 something i started and what, what attracted you to that line of business i was brought up in a modern home my parents then moved when i was nine to an old house and they went looking for old furniture for it and i realized i as a nine-year-old could absorb and remember the important things that older people couldn't and so I thought I was on a winner so I stuck with it. And do you have a specialist subject you get involved with or is it all manners of antiques? I started with glass and then I moved to furniture and you gradually take them all in. Now has the interest in antiques increased since TV programmes such as Bargain Hunt and... and David Dickinson's Real real Deal. All those kind of (laughs) programmes since they've become popular as well. Yes, it, it has certainly brought the popularity upwards, but the acquisition of good antiques is rather more rarefied. Um, people are very, very pleased that they've got something wonderful, but then they don't want to sell it and they don't want to buy any more. Now, that's no help to a dealer whatsoever, so we're a bit stuck there. Um, but you'd be surprised how many people 
just cultivate that knowledge and, and really enjoy antiques the way they should do. Are you finding with the, the influx of TV programmes that people are looking for the, the monetary side of things and what they can get out of it rather than the appreciation of the actual antique? I think it's a, a subtle mixture of the two. The money does have an important um, impact, but just to be able to appreciate how well things were made is very important. So what's the most exciting antique you've come across in your career? Oh, God, in my career. <laughs> mm. Or is there one that particularly stands out for you? Well, one of the first important buy I made was um, a nice little silver child's rattle that nobody knew what it was. It was in a jumble sale and I bought it for sixpence. I sold it for £12. Now it's worth about 300 <laughs> But since then, oh, they all blur into some sort of mix, really. It's just the joy of being able to buy and sell at profit. And does your favourite era change, or does that tend to stay the same? Oh, I think you probably do stick to one era, um, and it may evolve earlier or later, but, but one era and one uh, discipline of antiques, people sort of have their specialisation. Is there any advice you could give someone who is looking to purchase antiques for maybe the first time? Is there anything particular they need to look out for or be aware of? For the first of? time, build up knowledge. Knowledge is power and profitability. And just whatever you think is going to go in your home, buy it for going in your home to suit your needs. Just try and buy the best quality you can. Just look at it and really decide how good it is and pay accordingly. And are there still bargains out there at car boot sales and things like that? Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. Plenty. <laughs> so All what, the time. What should I look for? Look out for if I decide change a career and I'm going to start trawling the car boot sales. Anything and everything. You've got to be diversified. Do you still do that yourself? Do you still keep an eye out for something that could catch you? I think I'm a bit too old, really. (laughs) (laughs) Plodding about in fields is not not for the upper 70s. (laughs) And this is day two of this, this antiques fair. How's it gone so far? I've been very gratified. I thought people might be rather reticent because are they going to need it for electricity this Mm. this autumn or whatever, but they seem to have really gone for it in a big way. Quite a few of our dealers have actually said they've had their best fare ever. Right. Which is really surprising. There is still money around, thank you, God. (laughs) But do you think that could become, as we move into autumn and winter, a cost-of-living crisis? Could that hit antiques? I think the ones who are feeling the pinch will feel the pinch more. And the ones who really can afford good antiques will still afford good antiques. So it's good investment. And and this fair happens twice a year, doesn't it? So you're also here at the Festival Hall in March, is that That's right, March the 3rd to 5th next year. So, come and see us. Put that in your diary. (laughs) Caroline, it's been lovely to meet you and um, talk to you a bit more about what goes on here at the fair. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Susie Wilde took part in the inaugural Petersfield Walking Festival along with her producer John Wellsman and others on a walk to Berriton. Here's an excerpt from her wild walk. So John and I are now, you might hear from our breath, that we're panting up a slope. No, that's my dog. (laughs) It's mine as well. Um, (laughs) But actually I couldn't record before because, because of accessibility issues. We were walking alongside the A3 for quite a long time. But now we're in this splendid arena... John, in front of us is a very, very steep cliff. So we passed by a quarry, and now this is as if it's the, the heaped-up bit. Oh, we're all gathering now, so we better go and listen to this. Um, but, yeah, I was seriously frightened. But this is a wonderful walk. I'm so happy to be doing it. And we've got how many? Ten? We have got ten electronic mobility vehicles. And we have nine walkers with us today. Yay! And it's a wonderful turnout. We've got gorgeous sunshine. Wonderful. And we're going to have a beautiful day. Now, I'm interested. What have you got? Because, um, so, listeners... Linda, well, in fact, many of you have, but I first spotted Linda's. Looks like something out of MASH or something. It's just the most brilliant all-terrain sort of thing. What is it? It's an all-terrain mobility scooter called a three-wheel tramper. (gasps) In colour... NATO green. I love it. <laughs> and Linda is resplendent in NATO green as well. I just, honestly, I'm so envious. And my dog Rain, well, you know my dog Rain, um, keeps trying to mount them, whether it's because you've got sandwiches or cake in the tin at the back or because she wants a rest, but it's just so funny to keep going, would anybody give me a lift? <laughs> so sweet. How long have you been doing this? I used to lead... Rambles walks for the Ramblers. And then when I became disabled, I then um, found the disabled Ramblers. And on my very second ramble with them, I found myself leading a ramble round the Queen Elizabeth Country Park. Of course you did. That's a natural progression. But this is really educative. I've really, I'm really enjoying it anyway because I think it's good for all of us to get a completely flipped perspective on places that you know well. Um, and I had no idea that there were such wonderful things as these, you know. So if anybody out there is thinking, oh, I can't get out into the country any longer, I really encourage you to get in touch. And we'll put a link um, under the, this, so this week's Wild Walk is this. So we'll put a link on the website and the podcast so that people can find out all about it. Because I've never seen as many smiling faces. Um, yeah, I think I might get one anyway. It gives us, it gives us our lives our lives back. Yes. Oh, completely. But but actually augments it. I'd have thought as well. It saves the NHS millions on treatment for depression. Should be on the. Well, I say that about the dogs as well. I mean, dogs actually save millions. I agree. Especially, I'm a fosterer for Canine Partners for Independence, and they're the change that they make as well is wonderful. So, well, I'm going to let you lead, but thank you so much, and thank you for organising. It's wonderful. Thank you, Susie, for coming. The P stands for Petersfield. It's a lovely area, lovely people, lovely atmosphere. The P Pod. 
coming up, we'll bring you our latest What's On Guide. But first, we're going to have a, a little wander around. We've come into the festival hall to the main part of the fair and we're outside the booth of W.R. Harvey and we've met up with David. Hi, David. And a very good afternoon to you. Now, how long have you been exhibiting at the Antiques Fair here? Uh, The Antiques Fair here for about three or four years now here in Petersfield, though as an old established company we go back nearly 70 years, so we've been exhibiting at fairs all across the whole country for many years. And what, what antiques do you have here? Well, we specialise in English furniture made between about 1670 and about 1830. That's our speciality. And as you can see, we have pieces of oak, walnut, mahogany, across the whole broad spectrum during that period. It, it, is, it is lovely. The furniture here is absolutely gorgeous. How long have you been involved in antiques yourself? Well, I have to tell you, I was born into the business. Um, We were London-based at the time, and my father started the company back in 1951, and I grew up in a household where you never knew from one week to the next what table you were going to be eating (laughs) off. Um, Pieces came and pieces went at an amazing rate back in those days, and so I was brought up within the business, um, but trained to be a chemical engineer until my father asked me if I'd like to just help out for a few weeks. And that turned into the rest of my life. (laughs) Brilliant. And you obviously enjoy what you do. Oh, I'm passionate about what we do. And I have to tell you, one of the most extraordinary things about this business is that it is the most exciting business. I get up in the mornings and I rush to go to work because something fabulous happens every single day. And it can be finding a particular piece that you've not seen before or it can be something like someone phoning you up from the other side of the world. I mean, this morning, on the way here from the hotel, we stopped to fill up with petrol, and my mobile phone rang, and it was a client-friend from South Africa phoning up just to wish us well here at the fair. And these things happen every single day of your life. And how easy is it to come by the antiques now? Are you finding it harder and harder, or is it still, still loads around? There are still pieces around, but I think it's a question of you have to be very, very selective. You know, people that buy from me are not interested in pieces that have been heavily restored. They're not interested in pieces that have got replacement parts to them. So of the thousands of objects that I'm offered every year, I only buy a very small amount, a hundred or two. And, And that's because... Our reputation goes out with every single piece that we sell, so we have to be very, very careful, and it's what people know us for. And how has it been the last couple of days here at the fair? It's been busy for us. Has it? Uh, Yep, we've sold a couple of pieces, and we've got interest in several more pieces, and we've taken a number of names and addresses. People can see our website, they've picked up our card, they've picked up our details, and that's the way that it goes. Being at an antiques fair is not just what you sell at the fair, it's what you sell as a result of being at the fair, who gets to see you, how many people look at your website, how many people then come to see you in the shop. And we're very lucky, we have a very nice shop in Whitney in Oxfordshire, in a lovely 1730s house in the middle of town. David, it's been lovely to meet you. Thank you very much for telling us all about what you do. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. 
We're now with Steve Barron from Barron Fine Art. Hi, Steve. Hi there. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Thank you. Can you tell us a bit more about what you have on display here, please, at the fair? We have a, a large range of paintings, watercolours, etchings and oil paintings of all periods. Um, the emphasis tends to be on the rather older classical ones. Um, we've also got a few bronzes, although there's only one here today, but the, the gallery sells a lot more bronzes too. And uh, we, we hope there's something for everybody in our range. The price range is very, very wide. Um, we just have an emphasis on quality, really. And how long have you been dealing with fine art? Approximately 40 years, probably a little bit more than that. We've had been to one place in Chester for 32 years, and we used to do a vast range of antique fairs. And now, now it's just down to mainly this one and the, the gallery. So, yeah, you said earlier that... Um You've come down from Chester. What attracted you to, to Petersfield? Well, we've got a good client base here. It's, a, it's a, a lot easier to exhibit here than in London. London has so many problems these days, and a lot of our clients would rather go out of the city to go to a provincial fair. Um, and from our point of view, the, the, the overheads are a lot less, and we get more space for the money. Um, so it's really helpful. And how long have you been coming to the Antiques Fair here in Petersfield? Probably about 15 years. Before that, we were on the waiting list. It <laughs> <laughs> might be more than that now. You lose all track of time. And, and yeah. how's this weekend gone for you so far? It's very well so far, mainly to clients that are established in the area, but there's an awful lot of interest, which, fingers crossed, might uh, crystallise into something tomorrow being well. And having a presence, is that just as important as selling your, your, your paintings? I, I think it is, because you want to get people to go to the website and... Uh, and that, that could also attract more long-term business, which is what, from our point of view, it's about, yeah. What are your favourite, what's, what's your favourite painting here? Well, if you put me on the spot there, I mean, I really like the Richard Firth over there. He's a modern artist. We saw one of his yesterday, and he seems to capture the exhilaration of sailing more than, more than any other artist I know, really. He's still alive, and that was finished about three weeks ago, just in time for the fair. And most of his work goes straight to America. That's one of our modern ones. Uh, there's also things like the Charles Edward Dixon, Tower Bridge on the Thames. Wonderful artist. His, his work is excellent quality. We, we tend to put museum glass on our watercolours to protect them as well. Um, there's um, lovely Helen Allingham over there, which is now the very good value compared to what they were 30 years ago, but there seems to be refreshed interest in them. That's the thing as well, to yeah. have been in the business for a number of years, you must see you know, changes in people's tastes come and go. That's right, we do, yeah. Yes. What are people looking for nowadays? It's very difficult to say, but our, our clientele is very varied. It's different up north to what it is down here. So it's... Um, well, if we take a wide range, then hopefully we'll have some, some success that way. Brilliant. Yeah. It's been lovely to meet you. I, and you, thank you. Thank you very much for telling us a bit about it. Thank you. The Peapod Events Guide. What's on in the Petersphere? So Creative on Lavent Street are holding a Fizz Friday event on the 9th of September between 6 and 9pm. With only 15 Fridays until <clears throat> Christmas... Browse Christmas fabric offers, kits and project ideas with a glass of bubbles. 
do let So Creative know if you plan to attend. It's your last chance to visit the Paula Rago Literary Inspiration Exhibition at the Peaceful Museum as it ends on September the 10th. Entrance is £8 and details can be found at the museum's website. Discover the horrible histories and wonderful wildlife of our lowland heath on the 10th and 11th of September as the Secrets of the Heath Festival returns to Whitehill and Borden. This free family event has activities to keep everyone entertained. Go to the South Downs website for additional information. It's the Petersfield Wellbeing Show on Saturday the 17th of September. The event will take place in Berriton with a range of taster sessions and practitioners to speak to. And if you'd rather stay in, there's always your local radio station, Shine Radio, to listen to. Available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's a new episode of The Drinking Programme to listen to with Phil and Max. This month they take a tour of the Peaceful Breweries with the Peaceful Museum's Ryan Watts. You can listen to The Drinking Programme and more at shineradio.uk, bringing you also a brighter mix of great music, local news and information. If you're running an event, get it in the guide at shineradio.uk. We've come round to a beautiful stall and we've met with Simon Frodsham. Hello, Simon. Hello there. Can you tell us a bit more about what you've got here at the fair? Well, I have got a collection of clocks, some of them made by uh, my antecedents, so um, Frodsham clocks. I've got a couple of Parkinson Frodshams and a couple of Charles Frodshams. Uh, but I have other clocks as well. They tend, I tend to specialise in Victorian English mantel clocks. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm happy to take anything that I like the look of, really. <laughs> and how and long find you... homes for. Oh, OK. How long have you been involved in selling clocks? Um, well, not that long, actually. Just three or four years. I, I've been doing, you know, it's a sort of third career for me, really. Uh, but my, I have a strong family history in clocks, so that's always ke- I've always had an interest in it. And I think when I retired, my wife suggested it was a good way of getting me out of the house. <laughs> Uh, so I've, I've taken it up and as a little bit more full-time than just collecting. And have you been to the fair here at Petersfield before? Yes. Yeah, I came in March. OK, and that was, that was your first time? That was my first time, yeah. And how's the reception been this time? In well, it's great. I, I mean, I've had lots of positive... Um, people admire the, the clocks enormously because they are such extraordinary mixture of aesthetics and scientific achievement, really. Um, and uh, a couple of people have been moved enough to whip out their uh, credit card, so that always that always helps. But um, it's uh, it's been good actually. It's it's really it's really good to meet people and and you you, th- you you know I buy something I think people are going to like it, but it's always nice when it, that's validated and somebody says what a nice clock. That's good. And have you come far today? Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I'm based in Wiltshire, so it's an hour and 20 minute drive. Okay. Nice if the weather's right, that's fine. Yes. <laughs> Put the roof down in the car and off we go. And where do you source your clocks from? Oh, I, I, private, private um, sales, uh, auctions, house sales, uh, you know, anywhere I like the look of. I, you know, I, know, I obviously know people in the horological world. And, um, you know, some of them know what I like, so they direct me to ones and so, yeah. And I see on the store you've got a, a sand timer. Yeah. It's, it's a big sand timer. It how, is. How long does it last? It's one hour and about 15 minutes, but I keep meaning to time it, and I've always, I, I always forget because it's too long to, to, to sit and watch it. So I, I, but it's about an hour and 15 minutes. 
You could do a lot of eggs in that time. <laughs> you could. Well, it depends on the egg, of course. If it's a dinosaur's egg, you'd probably be a bit undercooked. You say it's not been too bad. How is the clock market at the moment? It's good. It's good. It's always good. I mean, collectors always like to collect. They are, you know, they're things of scientific and, and aesthetic beauty, as I say. So there's always a good market for, for antique clocks. They're lovely things to have. And they become heirlooms. You pass them down to your loved ones. You give them as presents, you know, in the nice wedding presents. I mean, so much better than a toaster, aren't they? <laughs> a little more expensive, but nicer. You're absolutely right. It's a beautiful stand. Thanks so Thank much you. for telling us about it. Great pleasure. Thank you. Now we've come to the stand of Callum Jackson. Hi, Callum. Hello, how are we doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you very much. Now, to not be too obvious about it, you're a younger <laughs> dealer here at the, at the fair. I certainly am. I'm, uh, I'll, I'll hold what I'm going to say. I am in the younger demographic area, <laughs> and I do bring the age down a little bit. Um, but I think it's... It's what I try to do, is try and get my name out there, and it's, it's good to attract a different demographic to the area because antiques is often regarded as an older person's game, if you like, um, which is contrary to really what it is. Um, so, it's yeah, I'm trying to, trying to bring the youth and support the younger team, really. What started your interest in antiques, then? Oh, originally, I've, yeah, long story short, I've always been interested in being a bit of a hustler, being buying and selling a bit and just making a bit of money on the side of, alongside when I was younger. I used to buy and, buy and sell things in school, really. Um, and that, that sort of led me to a path of, of buying and selling in general. And then my biggest mistake was moving next door to an antique dealer. And that's where it all went down. <laughs> so what are you selling here at the fair? What so, items do you have? Yeah, so myself, I sort of typically... I don't specialise. A lot of dealers specialise in, in specific subjects, so whether it be provincial furniture or whether it be paintings. Um, I tend to buy, realistically, what I like, um, which is heavily japanese influence. but outside of that, it's, it tends to be more European taste, things with, that are a bit shiny and a bit sort of speak to people. Um, but I am very selective on what, what I buy, so it, it does range, and every time I come, it's completely different to what it was last time, which is good and bad, but normally there's something for everyone. So how many times have you been at this, this fair then? This is my first time, okay. believe it or not, so I'm... Uh, Certainly on my first go, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I've had a really warm welcome. Caroline and the team have been fantastic. So, I'm, uh, yeah, hoping there's going to be many more. So what attracted you to the fair here in Petersfield? So initially, um, I do fairs around the country, and I'm trying to be selective of where I, where I stand, effectively, so I'm not sort of overlapping on each piece. Um, and Caroline invited me, actually, I think it was off a recommendation from someone else to say that, that uh, my stock might be something of interest. And uh, so she emailed me and um, I was immediately interested in the fair because A, because it was in an area that I didn't already have fairs standing. B, because it was just at the end of summer and I don't have anything at that time. So it's perfect for me coming off of uh, basically off of everyone's holidays where it goes very quiet to, to step in straight back into work, which was really good. Um, and C, because, because of where it is and the fair that it is I looked at the, the basically the list of people were coming and knew a few names and, and I knew the quality they bring and it sort of attracted me which was really good and are you finding now with the cost of living crisis is that affecting your business at all? it's very hard with antiques to, to say I mean typically and 
probably going to drop some jaws now. Antiques is really good when there's a recession, which is really unusual. But what tends to happen is because people don't like the money in the bank so much because it's not earning very much, they tend to invest in things. And whether that be property or something else, Antiques is typically an area where people invest in with the theory that, A, they can put the money into something valuable, B, they hope maybe that it will go up in the future, but C, because they can enjoy it, so they can put the money into something they can actually enjoy, they can see, they can, they can appreciate. Um, and obviously on the back of that, it's always worth something. And do you purely do, do fairs or is it, do you have a shop? Or is so, it- yeah, 90% of my trade's online. So I have my own website and, and I run basically everything online. Um, alongside that, what I've done is, is a bit back to front with the antiques, which is the fact that I've built an online database first and then now I'm trying to get out to see clients, to meet people, to network, to build basically trust with, with people. Um, and that's really the, where I'm heading now is to stand these fairs and to meet the new clients basically, which is the opposite way to every other antique dealer you speak to. But I think that's probably comes with my age a little bit. <laughs> well, it sounds, sounds like it's going well at, at the moment in Callum. I'm very much enjoying it. I think if you can do something that you love, it's not really a job. Absolutely. It's great to meet you. Thanks very much and Thank best you. luck with the rest of the fair. Thank you very much indeed. The P stands for Petersfield. I like going to the open-air swimming pool and shopping. <laughs> the Peapod. And that's it for this week's Peapod. Thank you for joining us. Thanks also to Caroline Penman and the dealers that we met, John Walker and Susie Wilde, as well as to our producer, M. Sefton-Smith, and the Shine Radio team. We end this week's Peapod with a new song from 14-year-old local artist Ellie Pettinati. And it's right... So from Joff and I this week. Bye. You know that it's right. Loving was easy. Be in denial. I'll try not to care how long it takes. I can wait for a while. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, how badly I fell. Cause I'm still thinking about you And I can't help the way I'm feeling I just know I'm not appealing to you anymore But you know that it's right And I know that it's right Ready for confrontation over the dying Sick of relying on people like you My heart was in pieces Nobody to fix it Left on the side, no memory of time Said I'd wait a while And I'm thinking to myself, oh how
When you listen to Petersfield's Shine Radio, the children of Sheet Primary School will keep you on time. It's 16 minutes to 7. It's quarter past 5. Through the day, every day, their young voices keep Petersfield running like clockwork. It's 27 minutes to 12. It's half past 6. Shine Time is sponsored by Pickets and Purses for the timeless beauty of new and vintage jewellery in Petersfield. It's 29 minutes to 3. Shine Time, only from Petersfield's Shine Radio. 